It's time for another edition of Make Us a Mixtape. I'm Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa. And we are doing another Zoom effort at this thing because uh, we're on the road and we have a special guest here sitting next to me, comedian. You've seen him on the road. You've seen him on Cobra Kai. Brett Ernst. How are you, Brett? I'm doing good. All right, welcome to the show. Paul, you already messed up. You buried the lead so hard. This is our second MTV employee on the podcast. Brett was a commentator for Wrestling Society X on MTV. That is why I'm a music insider, Paul. All right? You you blew the lead. We had an MTV guest. You're a huge wrestling fan, right? I am. Brett, I watched, I was watching some uh, uh, shoot interviews last night and a guy from XPW was an LA fed back in the day was talking and they were using wrestling society X footage oh, of right. like Vampiro and yeah, all those dudes, X-Pac and, uh, is it, uh I'm, I'm trying to, is it Roman Reigns is, uh, was it, uh, WSX or somebody there? Was he the Roman Reigns or? No, no, no. Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, that's who it is. Seth Rollins is Tyler Black. Yeah. him and yeah, yeah, So yeah. how did, how did you get this job for MTV since Paul completely didn't, didn't know what talking about first. What's the job? Tell everyone because I didn't. I don't watch wrestling. I don't know anything about any of this. So didn't you watch MTV and notice there was a wrestling show on there? I, I think I turned it off when I saw oh, that Hogan. <laughs> All right, Brett. Let everybody know what you what the story yeah. is. There was a show in uh, I think it was 2006. Uh, MTV brought professional wrestling to 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 the network, and it was uh, a lot of the XPW guys, but. Um, it was called Wrestling Society X. And uh, basically what it was is you'd have a band play in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, or a musical act, because we had rappers too, three, six months. Yep. And then um, and then they would come in the booth and we'd call the matches together. So How terrible were some of those people calling those matches with you? Like, I felt like you guys were like, I forget, there were a couple groups where you were just like, cool, man, thanks for hanging out. Like when they would leave, you could tell they were the worst guests. Well, it's like the, the network, it's back, it was right before they changed all their programming. You know what I mean? To, to like no music at all. Like I don't even think they're yeah. associated with music anymore or I don't even think they're around anymore. But um, it was, uh, you know, so a lot of the acts were like not big wrestling guys, you know, some were. Do you remember some of the bands or rappers? Did you remember some of the bands or rappers? Uh, Three Six Mafia, I remember, Good Charlotte. Um, Good Charlotte. Oh, uh, uh, Zach, uh, the guitarist, um, Zach Wild. Zach Wild. Yeah, he was great. So, when was the when was the last time you actually made a mixtape or a mix CD or? Uh... Shh, fuck, man. <laughs> Early '90s, man. When did you make them? What were the situations where you made a mixtape? If I had a girl coming over, okay. You know, I always had all my uh, my fuck music. <laughs> please name, please name some fuck bands. Uh, Joe to see guy, troop, uh, shy, um, a lot of R&B, Sade. I love all that stuff. I feel like if you play that stuff, you really need to sexually perform well. Like you can't play all that stuff and then just come in like two minutes and be like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you have to do like an hour and a half of foreplay with those bands. And I was like, do, da, da, do, do, do. Oh, we didn't even get to the very chorus. First time. Yeah, it's like we're on the second chorus. Was that the last? Was that shy song the last uh, acapella like big hit? I don't know. I don't. That know. was a huge hit. End what? of the road. No, end of the road's not acapella. There's music. Uh-huh. Shy is just all them. 
almost said a, uh, I almost threw a couple R&B songs on this list, but it just would have been uh, redundant. When you made the list though, Brett, were you making them, you'd keep them on or you wouldn't give people the tapes you were, or the CDs, you would keep them for yourself. They were like mixtapes. Yeah, I would keep them for okay, myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd never made them for someone else. No, I listened to them in the car, okay. but they were tapes. I didn't have a CD burner. Okay. I was still working with cassette when people were burning CDs. Yeah. He's in Jersey. What about, what about when uh, Napster came out? Did you guys get Napster in New Jersey? Uh, uh, I was in LA with Napster. I've been in LA yeah. since 99. So uh, yeah, we had it. We had the internet. What was what was your like? What are is your are you what's your like go to genre of music? If you were gonna like see a live band, who do you, who do you want to see? What kind of music? You're gonna hate me. I'm not a fan of live music at all. I've been. To what like, do you like about it? I just don't like people. Okay. <laughs> um, I like. I will say the one of the best. My ex wife took me for my birthday to really my first concert, and it was Billy Joel, and it was unbelievable. Where was that at? Uh, San Diego at the uh, at the, where the Padres played. But it's crazy because. Yeah. The, the guy was sitting there on the piano, right? And he's letting the audience, the, the whole place was packed. And he's like, what song you want to hear? So they would put up two songs and he would pick, they, we would pick and then he would play. And I'm thinking oh, wow. he did about an hour and a half, two hours, and he did half his catalog. Yeah. Was, or they're like picking two songs, but like, piano man, or and then the next song will be. No, like, no, no. <laughs> it was like you. It was hard to decide, but then he would come back and like he'd do the other one. Yeah, anyway. he would show. He would show like you know uh, another one. It was just really great, man. I just that amazing. would be great if to like fuck with everybody. He's like, all right, let's see our next two songs, and it was like fuck the police and give me that nut, and everybody's like, oh man, we gotta go fuck the police, and he's like, here we go, and then what he did, which I thought was so smart, the minute he sat down, the minute he sat down, his first words were. You know, hey, welcome. Don't worry, I'm not doing any new songs off of any new albums. And everybody just... I mean, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. It's like the complete opposite with comedy. It's like comedy, if somebody hears like a fraction of a joke, they're like, I was here a couple weeks ago and I heard that joke or whatever. And you're like, okay. That's but with music, if somebody's like, here's something off our new album, like I think David Spade did a joke about it like years ago on his HBO special where it's like, you might as well call this new song, go ahead and go to the bathroom and like get another beer. Cause everybody just like splits. It's such a bummer too. When you're at a show and you're like, I don't know any of these songs or if I don't know the opening band, you're just like, this is nice, but I'm not really like into it. Well, I think uh, music, I mean, I, I used to talk about comedy like that too. I'd say, you know, we, we gotta keep it fresh. They, they, you know, plus we gotta practice in front of people. They can practice in mm -hmm. the garage and they wanna hear the hits. But I think, I think the reasoning behind that is because, again, which you guys tapped into something great here with the playlist, is that music evokes so much emotion and so many memories. And like, I can hear songs. There's a song on here too that I put on my list that just, I can automatically smell the food and, and you know, you just hear things and music just evokes so many senses. You know what I mean? That's why people, yeah. they love it. I love All right. it. Man, I mean, I love it. I love it. You have you have one of the weirdest mixes that we've had on here. So I'm very curious. I think with context, I'll go. This all makes sense. I get it. I get what he was going for. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting songs. We talked about it at the show, and he's like, "I could have put this on." And I'm like, uh, sure. "What are the songs before we get into the mix? What are the songs that like made almost made the cut?" And you're like, "I didn't." I, um, uh, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Okay. Which I I love that the meaning behind that song is just unbelievable. I don't know if you even know what it's about but it's just a great story that's based off of uh, Boys Town in Omaha. Now, I, I didn't know that. I thought it was about it. First, I originally thought it was about a kid that was overweight and the, the, everybody made fun of him and the brother was sticking up for him. 
then when you get to the words, you're like, oh, it's about a brother, brothers looking out for each other through life. But when you hear the fucking story, you're like, holy shit, man. And it, it's just an incredible story. Yeah. If, if you want to hear it, it's quick, but it's, it's amazing. So uh, that was one that didn't make the cut. That didn't make the cut, but I loved it because, well, the, the story goes that during the depression, like kids, parents were that, you know, no, everybody was out of work and parents were literally selling their kids for help at, you know, for labor on farms. It was just really bad. So uh, father Flanagan that started the boys town, which is the, you know, it was a, it was a wayward boys home. It's during the snow and he sees this object coming through the, uh, the cornfield, right? And he looks and make a long story boring. It's a little boy, a nine-year-old boy carrying his four-year-old brother on his back. So they brought him in, they got him emergency. Yeah. They're, they're nursing the little brother. They give the, the nine-year-old soup. And, and as he's eating the soup, the father was like, you know, how long have you been carrying him? And he's been carrying him for almost four days. So he said, wow, he must've been heavy. And he dropped the fork. He said, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Yeah. And that's what he kept saying to himself when he was carrying him. And that became the motto. And, you know, if you have brothers and, you know, uh, that, that you went through, if you go through shit with your brothers, it's just a great song, man. Cause you know, I, I'm the middle child and I was very close with both my brothers. Yeah. So that, that, that didn't make the list. <laughs> that didn't make the cut. Any other? You, uh, oh, go ahead, Paul. Are there any others that almost didn't make it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I won't get to the R&B, stories. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of R&B songs, a lot of hip-hop songs. Um, I know a lot of people have, ish, like, people who were, like, big hip-hop heads back in the 90s, they have their, the way they sort of think about hip-hop today. As an R&B guy, what do you think of the R&B today? Um, you know, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, there, there were some good bands. I like this chick, Snow Allegra. Um, I like this other girl, Sabrina. I can't think of her name, man. Very smooth. They're very smooth. Um, New R&B. Yeah, The Weeknd is good. I like The Weeknd. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it, again, man, we people tend to gravitate towards the songs that they have the memories and association with. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I mean, are they actually good songs? Like, I listen, the, the, what I absolutely did not put on this list that uh, I kind of did a song with it, but it was more hip-hop than freestyle. But I love freestyle, man. Like Expose, Trenere all that Guido club music, you know what I mean? From the eighties. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, when you listen to it, it's really not good music. It's not like, you know. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of, in Chicago, they played a lot of like heartthrob music and you listened to it back then. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And now you listen to it and it's just like, I can't believe like grown men were saying some of this stuff into a microphone. Like it was, it's like ridiculous. Well, you guys were big on house, man. A lot of houses yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. I almost put a house song on there, but I didn't need it. You have a joke. I'm not going to get into it because people got to see it. But you talk about you shit on music in our time frame. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, shitting on the young kids. It's like stop that. No, like, not all of our stuff was good. Yeah. No, yeah. not at all. A lot of yeah. bad songs. Oh, and I almost put some doo wop on there too. There's a couple uh, uh, Old 50 songs that, that I love that have meaning. Well, let's and as a, go ahead. As a comic travels a lot. You you're probably in a lot of rental cars driving around. Uh, what do you think of satellite radio? What do you listen to music on satellite radio? Because I'm convinced there's only like a hundred songs, and they just keep playing the same ones over and over again. Dude, I, I swear I used to say it to my ex-wife. That's why we canceled it. Mm -hmm. I, I, if I'm if I'm going on, on on a road trip, I listen to '70s. I love that '70s divorce music. Yeah, you know, like the car yeah, yeah. 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 rock. Yeah, I love oh, that. I shit. love it. 
So, uh, but then you hear the same songs at the same times. Like if I'm driving at like two, two thirty, you know, mm-hmm. you'll hear like, you know, Ventura Highway, you know, one of those songs. You're like, wait, yeah. I just heard this yesterday at this time. Yeah. I think it's like, program. I can't imagine people who are just unless people are just like robots and they're driving to work every day and they're like, I gotta hear we didn't start the fire from 80s on eight. And just like if I don't hear it. I'll, I'll, I don't know if this is like even happening because I've, I've rented so many cars and you listen to it and you're just like, this is the worst. Like it's just the same songs over and over and over again. That's why I love Spotify, man. I think Spotify is the best, dude. It really Like is. your first song here. When in the world would they play your first song on satellite radio? <laughs> they won't. They should have a channel that's just like, want to hear weird soundtrack songs? Uh, <laughs> first song yeah, is one of those. Uh, this is Robert Tupper, No Easy Way Out. Uh, this is from the Rocky Three soundtrack. Whoa, 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 Rocky, uh, Rocky Four. Rocky Four soundtrack. Um, but it obviously could have also been like the theme song to like a wrestling in the 80s. Like you'd see like Hulk Hogan working out. Right now he's in his car. He's driving. Yeah. Is it playing? Is it playing? Yeah. So I feel like if you have a bad early show and you're outside, like in the alley and you're like, I'm not going to let him get to me. And you're doing like a dance to the song and it's like getting you pumped up to be like, I'm going to fucking crush this late show. Chorus play. You want the chorus? Yeah. Play? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's get to the no easy way out. So people know, I, I think this is clear. If, if anyone put this on their mixer, they can't tell. It's like, clearly there's a Italian reference. In there's no easy way out. Okay, so why I, I clearly understand some of the reason why you put this on there. Right. Being an Italian, I feel like you had to have some sort of recognition. No, well, it look, first of all, Rocky IV, uh, let's let's show it the respect it deserves. It helped end the Cold War. That okay. and, and the Scorpions uh, winter chain <laughs> yeah. yes. brought down the Iron Curtain. Um, and the CIA, I heard the CIA wrote, helped write that song. <laughs> that's that's no, a conspiracy we talked so about before. We saw, we saw Rocky IV sure. in Garfield, New Jersey. It was all Italians in the theater. It's still the best live movie I've ever seen in a theater. I mean, to this day, it was cheering. And that's why that, that Eddie Murphy bit is even Oh, yeah. Up. He talks about it. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I used to listen to this. So when Rocky IV came out, I was playing Little League football. And um, I was working out at the, at the PAL with the Police Athletic League. And I would listen to this song. I would, I would have that uh, cassette tape playing. And um, I would work out to it. And I always worked out to that song, even to this day. When, all throughout Little League football, high school football, college football, um, every level I played. And then I, I, it just, every time I feel like, you know, I should be doing more, I put that song on when I'm at the gym, when I run, the whole sound, the whole Rocky Four soundtrack. So you had this cassette of the Rocky Four soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. Would you, you just- remember what other, 
What other songs do you remember from that cassette? I was just kidding. Uh, the training montage. There's a lot of instrumentals on it. Uh, okay. Living in America is from that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Living in America. Uh, James Brown. Yeah. There's Victory. There's one called the training montage. Victory. Dun, dun. Yeah. Then he goes. I would assume around this time we're like remixing old Rocky standards. Like, I bet when you get to like five and six, like, because I remember Go For It was the big theme song for five. Yeah, but we don't talk about five, dude. Why even bring yeah, it up? Right, right. That wasn't a sanctioned fight, so that movie wasn't happening. Yeah. That movie was awesome. Was the board. We don't speak on Tommy Gunn. The the Tommy Gunn I, can the whole, I can remember the whole soundtrack of old, like, old movies. That's, yeah, that's good. Well, the, Tom Conti, uh, or Bill Conti, did the uh, soundtrack for, for Rocky, the instrumentals. That's, you know, even the famous dun 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 but you know, um, and then uh, the other gonna person fly now. Yeah. gonna fly now. And then um, Frank Stallone, Rocky's brother, uh, Sylvester's brother, did like take it back. Yeah. Do 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 take it. Back. Well, Survivor did Eye of the Tiger, and then they did the follow-up song too. Those are Chicago guys too. So. But it's it's uh, it, there's a song "Man Against the World," which is great. It's just for me, it's 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 a soundtrack for men. And you know what? I, you know what else I found out about? Tony Romo listens to the. He was listening to the Rocky IV soundtrack before games. This is, by the way, Marty. Your references to wrestling. This guy cannot go a day without referencing Tony Romo in some way, shape, or Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Like literally, will be walking on the street. So you see someone with a Cowboys hat. He's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a tough year." It's like, come on. Uh oh, you're frozen. You there, buddy? Uh oh. We stop and start. No, no, no. Can we, can you hear us, Marty? He just he had like a perfect you have a great face. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, he dropped them. Well, on. we can keep recording. Just call yeah, him back. Yeah. Tell him to call call us back. All right. So we were talking about this. We'll get we'll get him back in here. We got to edit this in. Mm. This happens on ours sometimes too. We really? lose, we lose my brother on our. Uh, on the Dallas Cowboy podcast. Seven. Dallas Cowboy podcast. So you were talking about the No Way Out. Do you do you have all the soundtracks of, of Rocky or is this the only cassette that you had? Well, Rocky Four. I mean, th there is one that was a whole uh, Rocky, the whole um, from every movie. The box set? Pretty much. There, there's like a <laughs> Rocky's Greatest Hits, which has replaced the Rocky Four. I mean, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be uh, the Rocky Four. back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about Rocky. They have a Rocky, uh, they have a Rocky box set you can get. The whole soundtrack's <laughs> phenomenal, but it's all they did. Rocky they, one, two, three, four. On Sirius XM, they could have a channel like a fuck yeah channel, and there would be songs that make you feel like fuck yeah. And you, this would be uh, this would be one of my one of my top one hundred songs on the fuck yeah channel. Dude, that, that song I hear that I want to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be a bad idea for road rage problems. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe legally we can't have a fuck yeah channel for cars. Yeah, it's probably a bad idea. I think if you had this song in your car, it would be a lot more fun. What's funny is this scene when he's driving, he's driving a Lamborghini, right? And I'm rolling around in my 97 Ford Escort four cylinder, <laughs> listening to it, trying to get to the get to the gym. Yeah. Back in the day. All right, let's jump to the next song here. This is an awesome uh Awesome duo that I hadn't heard in a little while. Uh, and this is the song. Yeah, this, we have our first on the podcast, uh, Eric B. and Rakim with Follow the Leader. Rakim was the... 
What happened? You can't hear it. You can't hear it. Follow me into our solo, get in the flow. Yeah. If you can picture like a photo, music makes mellow, maintains to make melodies for MCs, motivates to break some everlasting. I can go on for days and days with rhyme displays in the grave, deepest x rays. I can take a phrase as well. That is such a good song. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. It's uh, Eric B and Rakim, not Rakim. Oh, Rakim, sorry. Rakim. I don't get in trouble. You don't want to. You got canceled, man. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the '90s rock, from the right. I always remember. Uh, don't sweat the technique was always my favorite song of theirs from back in the day. But that's this is a good one. I listened to this like three or four times. A good song. That's off their uh, the album that came out in '88. I don't know if it's Paid in Full came out in '87. Was this the biggest hit off that album, or is this like a B side? No, it's, like, it's not the biggest hit off that album. What was the biggest hit off the this album? Ah, oh, shoot. Because in the know. '80s, I wasn't listening to 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 rap or hip hop or anything like that. I'd have to look that up. I okay. forget because I get that Paid in Full. Like Eric Paid B is president is, is one of my favorite ones. You know, obviously follow the leader. Um, I ain't no joke. Um, yeah. But see, to me, Rockham, I mean, I, there's so many hip hop songs I wanted to play. Like I had DMX. Uh, I love DMX, man. But mm -hmm. this really meant to me, too, because, again, I associate this with football. Um, and, I, you know, that was one of my songs I would listen to before games. And then we used to put, uh, I know it sounds crazy, but me and my boys, if we were going to go fight somebody or whatever, like, you know, you had crews fight other guys or whatever might be going on. We would listen to that song if we were going to go roll out somewhere and. It just, it's a soundtrack of my high school. When they stabbed uh, your buddy, oh. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, did that happen a lot in Oak Brook, Illinois? Your, your, yeah, we would play music there. before we would go egg someone's hey, house. Man. No, I'm serious. You guys didn't have like other other groups or crews that you had a beef with or something that you would go, you know, go meet oh, up. Yeah. Parties from Indiana. They might have, they might have gone to the, to the sharecroppers. The war with the hillbillies. Yeah, you had to, you had to take on the hillbillies and you'd play some, some music. Well, you got to remember, man, South Florida has like, I had over 2,000 kids in my high school and there's at least i'd say 20 or 30 high schools in the area mm -hmm. right and yeah. then you had teen clubs and and gangs but then you had like you know guys that played ball and, and you didn't really have neighborhoods you were just really placed by who you went to school with like i grew up in an apartment complex you know in, uh up the street where there are most of my friends lived everywhere like no, nobody mm -hmm. lived in one neighborhood if that yeah. makes sense so you're Explain always running into kids, man. You go to a, a high school party, there's going to be 20, 20 high schools there that you don't even know half the people there. Shit's going to happen. Uh, one thing you mentioned that, that I explained to our younger listeners, uh, teen dance clubs. Yeah. We had High Tops and the Panthers. Oh. Uh, I love the names. We had Jubilations. Jubilations was the big one in Chicago, yeah. Jubilations? Jubilations. Jubilations and Medina. Yeah, Jubilations was out in the suburbs in Illinois. Yeah. yeah, by the Indiana Illinois border. Uh, I love those. And you would just go. Would you go get fucked up before you go and stuff? I didn't drink at all in high school. I didn't party at all. Oh, okay. But uh, my my uh, you know, it was weird because like there was arcades. You know, it's so weird in high school how like we the the cops can't arrest uh, the local criminals, but they could find a group of teenagers hanging out in the middle of fucking nowhere. You know, and everybody always had like a parking lot, 
we used to hang out at the Denny's parking lot, <laughs> you know, but it would be like, we would be there. And then the other kids that we used to fight all the time were at the Burger King, you mm -hmm. know, and everybody would meet up there. But what was really cool about Florida is my friend used to have these warehouse parties, right? So he would make flyers to uh, uh, say we were going to have these, these things to throw the cops off. And then underground, we knew where it was going. And he would rent out these warehouses. I mean, dude, we're like 16 years old. And he'd have two DJs and kegs of beer. And there would be like, I'm not even joking, 300 kids there. The you flyers know? would say it's like somewhere King. else. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it would say right, it was right. like somewhere else. Out, That's out, fucking hilarious. And he would, and it would be underground. I mean, you know, and, and all my friends, we're still friends to this day. Uh, they were older than me, but um, they used to run it, and and I would just show up with my friends. But you know, there was there was a lot of gangs down there, man. A lot of problems. Because yeah, I, I didn't really go to uh, South Florida is a, a weird area, man. If, if you're from there. You know what I mean, man. There's there's a lot of lot of, lot you, of problems. Sometimes. But you weren't drinking at these parties, so like it seems like you were either gonna get laid or you're gonna start a fight or both. Um, probably get in a fight yeah. more than get laid. <laughs> I I uh, I was very stupid and immature. <laughs> yeah, I was not good with the ladies in high school. A lot of girls liked me. I just was immature, man. I was either you know what I was doing is really cracking and joking around all the fucking time. Yeah, you know that's why everybody had me around. I was always cracking jokes and making people laugh, but. But, you know, that's just what it was, man. And then my brother's crew would meet up with us. I mean, dude, I'm not even kidding you. One time we were out one night. We were at least 60 deep in this fucking place. You know? Your your older brother? No, a little brother. brother. Not the gay brother. My gay brother. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny is we had a picture of me and my friends, right? And me and my brother's friends. There's a picture of us. We're like, because we used to have these. Actually, I have this girl I used to date just sent me one today. This was at a, uh, 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 we used to like run out the parks and stuff and get pavilions. But I'm, I'm not even kidding. You have two, 300 kids there. Mm -hmm. And um, and we would go, this was actually from one of them. So th there's a picture of, uh, here's me and my brother right here. I'll put it up. Uh, Can you see it? That was actually at one of the, uh, at the parties, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyways, it's a picture of all of us like posing. So my old, my gay brother goes, oh, those are your friends? I go, yeah. He goes, they look really nice. I go, you know, <laughs> he was always breaking my balls. So he goes, he goes, here's my friends. And he held up a picture and it was the, he was in the, the, the play La Caja Falls. So you see all these gay guys and like in drag and whatever. And he's like, these are my friends. <laughs> it's just such, you know, anyways. You there, Marty? He froze again. Oh, I'm wondering if it's I'll us. Play this song. Oh, here we go. You there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back right, on. So the thing. We can't talk during the song, right? Yeah. So I'm going to play a little bit of it, and then uh, you explain it to us. Okay, but you got to let the intro play, and then it's got to get to the to when he really gets into it. All right. It. You, just, you right. just let me know. I'll start bringing it down. We'll do this for you All to right. stop. This is the Femina. Right. Yeah. Femina. 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 Si ha visto fatta nada che le ha fatto me sto moda adesso chiuso e vuoi sapere perché 
Peking of Pasta there. Pimrugumate. I feel like we're in a, a Scorsese film. Uh, the guy just picked up the girl to go on their first date. 1950s. Malafina, yeah. yeah, the it's... Jimmy Roselli. Jimmy Roselli. Roselli uh, version. Now, this you is... said very specifically, this is the version. Right. Well, there's another. Jerry Vales is pretty, too. Okay. Th this one is very... Uh, this one is actually very uh, personal to, to my family. First of all, Jimmy Roselli's from Hoboken. A lot of people don't know that. Um, You're from Passaic, New Jersey. Well, I, I, I grew up in Passaic. Okay. You know, and then I moved to South Florida in my, my, my ninth grade year. Okay. Um, but Jimmy Roselli is actually from Hoboken, as Sinatra was. But there's a whole thing that my grandfather was from Hoboken. Actually, Sinatra sang at my great-grandparents' anniversary. So, so Hoboken is only one mile by one mile, right? So, but Jimmy was really the one that he sang those Italian songs that, like, everybody, all the old school guineas loved them. You know what I mean? And uh, you would hear that every Sunday. My, I mean, that just reminds me of my grandma. See, it's not my generation, but I grew up on all that. You know okay. what I mean? That's what you hear when, you know, we're eating dinner on Sundays. My grandmother would cook. And it reminds me of my stepfather and, and just my mom and my, my godfather. It's just, that's the music you hear. And I can smell the food cooking. You know, whenever I'm missing home or whatever, I could put those songs on and I could just smell everything. Man. My house always smells like food. Marty, Marty, did you guys have this kind of music in the? That's like that. I have like a super Italian side of the family, so that would be yeah. That that's like the super Italian side of the family. For you, Paul, it's probably like a Olive Garden commercial. Like if you close your eyes, you just see somebody pouring pasta sauce on some. Yeah. I mean, this song definitely pasta. makes me hungry for like pasta. <laughs> so I thought yeah, and you're racist, but yeah, I mean, whatever the new deal is. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely got a, obviously, what does it mean? What is Mala? I have fucking no clue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out and just rip something. Uh, yeah, oh, it means uh, when a man loves a woman, yeah. He loves Vagine. He's singing about Vagine. <laughs> it's like one of those where you don't even have to know the language. It just, it's like one of those where like, I remember one time I did a show at this older comic and I'm like, how'd I do it? He goes, oh, you did great. And I go, oh, did you listen? He goes, no, nah, but I heard the like da 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 and the audience laughed. I get it. It's like a language, and it's the same thing with that. You listen, and you're just like, I don't know what he's saying, but it sounds cool. I think he's singing about some chick. <laughs> um, I, would think so. funny, I, I, it, I could understand my grandpa. I can't speak Italian. I used to be able to understand when they yeah. talked up. You know, you pick up on all the words, and and they they spoke in a dialect that they don't even speak in Italy anymore because they came at the turn of the century. You know. But my grandmother could speak proper English, my grandfather, my great-grandparents couldn't speak at all. And they were here forever, they couldn't speak. But it's sad, man, like, you know, we, we, you hear the stories, like I, my, my great-grandmother's my grandmother's mother was the youngest of 13, and all of them had died before they were 30, of like wow. diseases in, wow. in, in Italy, you know, and then they came here, and my grandma never got to see her mom again. You know, there's just all those hard hardships yeah. that, that you hear about, and and you know. It's with every immigrant family, they've got that stuff now. Yeah, all over the place. But you know, I was, we, the one thing my grandfather would say is, you know, look, 
we always kept our, our, our heritage, but we were American first, you know, like that. He always put, he had two flags up in the front, the red, white, and blue flew over to the red, white, and green, but we still kept, you know, whatever culture that it, it morphed into Italian American culture as opposed to Italy, because you had all these, it, it really is an interesting story of how these, all these different areas lived together in, in like Brooklyn and, and, it, and it formed its yeah. own dialect. But a lot of people, my grandmother used to tell me all the time, this is an interesting fact, because the Sinatra family and my family were very close. And Dolly knew my grandmother and Dolly is Sinatra's Sinatra. mom, uh, which was my great grandmother. They were very close, but she could speak almost all 20 something dialects of Italian. Yeah. And the other thing is that it's true. A lot of people, she, she owned a bar. They owned like an Irish bar. It had like an Irish name or something. But she could speak all the dialects, so she she was like a very powerful woman in the neighborhood, from what I heard. But you know, anyways. But very Jimmy cool. Now your next song. Uh, this is going oh, on my fucking oh, list. Quick, quick other story I forgot to mention. Yeah. Jimmy Roselli got blackballed by Sinatra because he, he was under contract, and Frank's it was his mother's favorite singer, so he he asked Jimmy to to play for her at at her party. And he said, I can't, and he, he wow. couldn't do it. And Frank, Frank went after him. He's like, you know, you oh, know, man. it's that guinea shit, man. You know how those guineas are. <laughs> you want to sing for my mother? How dare you? Yeah. yeah. dare you. Now you're man. never working again. <laughs> How do you say no to Sinatra? Was he like Sinatra, Sinatra? Yeah, 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 you're Sinatra, Sinatra. I mean, how do you say no? What, what, do, well, what do you think the gig was? Artist, not her, her son, though. That's you another thing. I mean, it's like. I mean, it's but like, like when, what parents, when my parents start retweeting uh, pictures of, they're like, Maz Jabrani's our favorite comedian. I'm like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> that's, like, that's how I feel. I, I like what it. do you think the gig was that he, that he did? He just did a regular show or something? And I think he had, a, he had a date, he had a concert or something, and, oh. and it was a conflict of interest. That's from what I heard. But, you don't you say know, no to Frankie. But Frankie, yeah, personally, I mean, listen, man, it, there's a lot of stuff about Frank being a, a you know, there's a book, actually, I was telling you last night, Tom Dreesen uh, wrote a, an autobiography about all his times with Frank Sinatra. I highly recommend the book, especially if you're a Frank Sinatra fan. It's a, he tells a lot of good stories about his life on the road with Frank. What and, he said, and he said he was a tough guy? Like, no, he not, never- I don't mean a fight guy, but like a- No, he said he was a, he was a tender, like the most loyal guy ever. No he had matter. a great story. He told me the story one time where uh, it was like his first time opening and he did his set and he was like all proud of himself and he's standing in the back of the club and he's watching the show and they're all do it's all they're all out there and they're rat packs doing all these bits and then a, a, a waiter comes out with a tray and drops it and they roasted this guy and he was like I've never seen anybody get roasted this hard and this poor guy and then the late show he does his set and he's like I'm gonna go back and watch it again and he's watching he's watching and then the same dude walks out and drops the tray and they roast him with all the same jokes. And he's like, these fuckers had it all planned out. <laughs> you ever hear the tipping story that he did? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, he it's told like, the kid, you'll, now, you'll, now you'll never, now you'll forget about the guy. Cause he asked him, he said, he goes, no, he said, what's, what's the most, the most tip, tip you've ever got? gotten? Yeah. He said a hundred. He, he said, well, here's 200. Now you're gonna forget about that guy. And he goes, you, you, it was you. <laughs> he goes, who was the other guy? It's it you. you. Yeah. So. Excellent. So yeah, your next song is just uh, when you talk about those like dance parties in the '90s. Uh, this is just like one of the songs that would come on that everybody would lose their shit. If this comes on at a wedding today, when people you know that lived through this hear it, just the opening parts of the song, 
uh, are just so good. African Bada and the Soul Sonic Forest with Planet Rock. If you don't know it, I'm going to play it and then you'll go, oh yeah, that's the, one of the best songs of all time. Can't hear it. We can't hear it. Can we talk again, You know what? I think you want to turn it down. Yeah. Is coming through now? All right. Showed all the lyrics on this side. What's that? Fred knows all lyrics. So her fucking million times. All right. So what's the what's the story behind the Planet Rock song? So sixth grade is really when I I moved back to I was in Passaic in Jersey at the time. So you know. North Jersey at that time, man, was, you know, it was a rough area. It was, you know, it was the crack era, all that shit. But, um, you know, my neighborhood was, where I lived was pretty nice. But, you know, I, I went to, it was, I was still involved with a lot of the, the, the rougher kids because I went to public schools there, whatever. I'm not going to downplay anything. But you don't have to apologize. You just tell your story. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. So back then, you know, on the other side of the Bronx, you had a lot of crews that were always coming. Like there was a stage in the park in, in, uh, in Third World Park where the kids would break on and they would it battle. It was called Third, Third World Park? Third Ward. Oh, Is that the famous with the with all the spray paint on the stage? In Passaic, now it's it's beautiful. They fit that. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. Yeah. I remember all those like New York movies. They would have that theater. They would all go to that had all spray paint all over it. Well, it, it at the time there was a there was a burner on the stage, but it's gone now. Yeah. I mean, the whole yeah. neighborhood, the whole area is, is nice. It really is. All the uh, Hasidic yeah. Jews live there now. They bought it up. They fixed everything nice. But uh, it was nice. You're then, welcome. Though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, please. <laughs> now, now we're going to hear the end of it. No, um, so uh, yeah, that all the crews, there would be crews that would sometimes come down there and break. And I was like a little kid and I would watch it. And, you know, and, and then I would imitate. And I was really good too, man. I was a good dancer when I was younger. I could do the windmills like this. And Did you get yeah, break dancing? You yeah, could do yeah. all the break dancing? But it, it was weird. It was like, because uh, my school was mostly black and Puerto Rican. And the Puerto Rican kids were like better on the on the windmills and shit. You know, the brothers were more better at locking. And then, you know, then there was like the handful of Italian kids that were like in, in the fade. <laughs> but I, I hung out mostly with the black. I was more I was uh, hanging with the brothers more than the Puerto Rican kids. Even though I had a couple of Puerto Rican friends because they were always Paul, fighting. It was always a problem going on. between. Paul, I don't know if you feel this, but as a kid in the Midwest, when I would see you know, like with the, they'd have the cardboard down and they're breakdancing. That to me felt like another planet. Like when you'd see like New York or LA where people are breakdancing, I was just like, what, where is this planet that they're doing this? Well, it we, seemed like the craziest thing ever. We got to break. We, I remember we got, I, I bought, my parents got us the magazines on how to moonwalk and all that stuff. And then watch we, it magazines we let us get, yeah, we, cause we'd watch it. And then our parents would buy us the magazines and we would get the cardboard. And like we never could have enough cardboard because you needed a big, you need a long. If you could score linoleum, that was that was yeah. the thing. This kid, this kid, uh, God, what was his name, man? He was like really good. He was like the first one to really do the windmills. But he, uh, and there was this kid Pedro, man, that could do windmills too, man. I remember him. 
Uh, yeah. That's that's the one that I, that I you know, I was practicing and practicing. My boy Sizzow could do them. But uh, we had this linoleum. He had a piece of linoleum that, that we used that was pretty dope. He waxed it up. But um, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty cool time to grow up, man. I think I grew up in the right places at the right times because uh, I was in the right places at the right times. Because, you know, it was 83 to 86. It was, you know, that was when hip hop was just starting to blow up. And my yeah. cousin used to get these mixtapes. And there was a, a club called the LQ, which was the Latin Quarters that, you know, that's why they call it breakdancing, by the way. A lot of people don't know why. Why is that? Because the DJs would take a break oh, yeah. and they would play like these instrumentals, which I had a shit ton of those. Um, yeah. Like the, Art of uh, Noise. Um, uh, say what? Just the instrumental music? It was like uh, uh, Art of Noise. Um, they had some like good funky ones. Funky drummer. Funky drummer. Um, that Let's Dance. Not at all. No, the funky drummer was like, yeah. The funky drummer was that like that one sample that everybody would do back in the day. That's ah, hard to explain right now. Well, there's a song uh, called Just Begun by yeah. um, the Jimmy Castor Bunch that was in like 78, 79 that had like, that was, people used to up rock to that. But in the clubs, uh, the, the break beats were like, you know, um, like I said, uh, instrumentals like, so where they play long yeah, out. So they so would play long out. Play so then dance. the dancers would yeah. come and then kids would battle each other in the city. You know, um, I never went to those, like to the Roxy and stuff where they had a beach street where they met. Yeah. That was the Roxy in the city. Um, my, my, one of my best friends is actually, in, you, you see him as a kid walking through, walking, he was there and walking through the crowd, my boy Charlie. They used to snatch chains. That's what, that's when Biggie talks about snatching chains at the Roxy. <laughs> that's what he meant, you know, the stealing the gold chains. But yeah, no, man, it was, it was a great time. And, and that song, uh, there's about 50 songs I could, I could put on that. You know what I mean? Because that actually is, you had hip hop and then you had freestyle and then you had like Twilight 22. Um, What's Twilight 22? Electric Kingdom. It was like boom, boom, boom. Everybody had the same beat, right? Yeah. And then um, you had uh, like that song Security. So there were songs that were like, that bridged both freestyle and hip hop, you know? Uh, and again, man, I'm not an expert on it. I just grew up around it and, and I'm not a DJ, but you know, I'm sure it's, if people are listening to this that, that know all that stuff, they can correct it. But I'm, I know I'm in the ballpark. It's so wild how those songs hold up so well. Like I just listened to uh, uh, Mars Pump Up the Volume. Uh-huh. I watched the video for Mars Pump Up the Volume and It Takes Two from- uh, Rob Bass. Rob Bass and he DJ Easy Rock. And it's just like, they're That's, like classic. Yeah, now you're they're coming like, to like the- the high top fade era. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's like 87 or so, right? 88. That's why, like, watching, watching, like, Yo! MTV raps. Like, one summer, I think I just stayed home every day and just watched Yo! MTV raps, like, every day. And I got so into it. That was, like, that that era where it just was, like, Late man, public enemy, like, fight the power videos and stuff like that. Like, that was just such a cool like time. My senior year. Those are like, yeah. that was like when Funky Cold Medina, Tone Low came out. That's awful. And, and all that, that that's, when, <laughs> that's when it got all commercialized with uh, Young MC and all the shit that was just yeah, like. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, West Coast, uh, I, I, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. Because, uh, you know, look, the first real gangster rapper was a dude named Schooly D. He was out of Philly, mm-hmm. right? He's the one, it's where the uh, Beastie Boys get, looking at my Gucci, it's about that time, right? Because the song is, uh, how was it called? P.S. King? P.S. King is making that green. No, looking at my, it's Gucci time, I think. But there's also genres like in the South, like in Miami had all bass, man. 
you know, yeah. like, girl, you had two live crew, but then you had like Gucci crew and uh, MC Shadi out of Atlanta. So they had their sound, which is what I miss now too. Like New York had their sound, LA had their sound, the South had their sound, Chicago even had a band called Crucial Conflict. Yeah. Rolling on head in the middle of the barn. It was like, and Cleveland had a, a what was that song? Uh, Meet me at the crossroads. What was the name of that? Band? Oh, uh, oh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. So, yeah. like, you know, people represent. They repped where they were from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Jersey had what Red Man and um, you know, uh, Naughty by Nature was from there. Yeah. Who are still at it? Naughty by Nature still does the uh, occasional. I saw them in Hammond, Indiana, at a festival, and they were fantastic. We opened for them at uh, at the festival in Bucktown once at wow. Kansas cans at a festival and they headlined it see i was i, I watched your, i watch those break dancing tournaments now and the kids are phenomenal. yeah but they look so like, good. but they look like they're contortionists like they look like they're doing tricks if you ever get a, a chance to youtube a break battle like a real street battle like between like the new york uh the rock steady crew the new york city breakers or something because that was like a huge rivalry man and and let me tell you something man they were from washington heights which is uh um up like near the Bronx, it's going uptown right over the George Washington Bridge. And then now you're in like Fort Lee area. But that that area, that rang true. Like everybody knew about that. Even in Jersey, you heard about it. Like it, it was weird. And, and you would get mixtapes with all the hot songs in the city that nobody even heard yet, you know, mm -hmm. from getting them from the club. So like when people walked around with those radios, you know, you saw people do it as a trend at one point, but there was a purpose for that. Yeah. You know, they, they were always, they carried that motherfucker in case they saw another crew. It's a wrap. And then they're going to fucking battle, right. man. But it was, awesome. it was in its so infancy. Funny. And yeah. then I would say the next great era of hip hop has to be mid-90s was phenomenal. Yeah. In New York, hip hop in mid-90s was unbelievable. Yeah, okay. I watched the uh, BET Death Row documentary uh, recently. They did like a five-part Death Row documentary in BET and it was so good. See that West, right. West Coast had like, cause then there was that like enlightenment era, like with the native mm -hmm. tongues, like- uh, De La Soul and stuff. Well, Tribe, Jungle Brothers. Tribe Called West. De La, De La Soul, Soul, right? Yeah. And then you had the far side, like you had a, a, some groups in, in, in the West Coast that were kind of- Like Adelic hip hop, yeah. You know, and then, um, then that kind of went away. You know, and then you had, not, to me, not, I take Nas over Jay and, um, you know, Big L was great too, rest in peace. Uh, but that was like all, that was such a good era. To, and that's when I lived in New York. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, I was in the right eras at, at the right times, I think. I got out yeah. right and came back at the right time. It was, I wonder too, like how, how you'll, listen, you'll see like those clips of like a rapper on like Hot 97, either doing great at freestyle or terrible. Would that like make or break a rapper if they were on a morning show and they're like, hey, freestyle, and they would either shit the bed or just, or like crush? Could that like make or break careers? You know, I don't know about that, man. I, I would just listen to the songs that I found. Like uh, my buddies would hand, hand me these tapes, you know? Yeah. What, what was pretty interesting too, I was at a club in, in New York City, I'd say about oh, almost 11 years ago. So what is that, two, 2009? Mm -hmm. Right? And they played the show, dude, by Dougie Fresh and uh, and um, Slick Rick. You know, dun, 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 dun. I meant the whole fucking club just exploded. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And that song and Planet Rock is the other one. When people hear that, they lose their fucking minds at the clubs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just one of those songs. Uh, your last song is, uh, I love this song. And I feel like 
this is the first song that when I listened to it as a kid, I understood there was like heavy lyrics going on. So we'll play a little bit of it right here. Uh, Dave Mason, we just agree. Yeah, you might want to keep it down because if it goes too loud, it'll mute itself. All right, let me know if you hear it. All right. Haven't seen you in a while. How have you been? <laughs> that part is so funny. <laughs> that we've grown up differently. Don't seem the same. Seems you've lost your feel for me. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Those lyrics hit me as a kid. I remember being like, there's some serious shit going on in this song. Well, I brought that up. No, I was going to say, for, I mean, this is a song when Dave Matthews came out. I told Brett yes, yesterday that when this song came out, when people were talking about Dave Matthews, I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Dave Ma- Matthews because I thought he was Dave Matthews. This is the only song I knew by Dave Mason. My brother got into him. And for those wondering, that intro is just the phaser acoustic guitar version of Hold My Hand by Hootie and the Blowfish. Other than that, there's no criticism of this song. But well, go ahead. I do love this song. Why would you criticize that song? That's Hootie took that from there. That's true. Hootie came later. Hootie but, came much later. But the phaser and the electric. And it ain't even Hootie. It's those fucking blowfish, man. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing with that, this song, he puts all these like 80s, late 80s effects on the guitar. But if that wasn't there, this song, well, it's still timeless in my opinion, but it's such a song that would work today if somebody were to come out and cover recover it. it. Yeah. I-, I will say this about the younger kids now, man. Um, I think we were talking about this. Um, I think the millennials have just been a, a, a generation of critics. I, I don't really, like, you know, my, my generation, uh, the Gen Xers and, and part of the one before me in between my mom and me, you know, we gave, we, we, we created hip hop, the internet, you know, uh, jo- uh, grunge music. Like there was uh, genres that we created that- Mom pants, huh? mom <laughs> jeans. <laughs> High-waisted jeans, uh, Cabaricis, I mean, come See on. See Cabaricis. <laughs> no, but the point is, is I what is what has been done that that is you know but the twenty somethings the kids before the coming after, after the millennials I guarantee you they're gonna be a special group of kids man because you know like that Billy Eyelashes kid whatever the hell her name is that kid's talented dude yeah you say Billy Eyelash what I forget Eilish. her name Eilish that's right it's is it Eilish? I think it's Billy Eyelash no it's said Eilish 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 right. <laughs> We're so we're all such boomers. <laughs> we're not boomers. I'm a Gen X. <laughs> we're all Gen X. Uh, there, there, there are definitely yeah young artists that I see that I'm like that's pretty good. Or I could see like the the K-pop guys. Like I I could see where kids would be like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. But like, I would cool guys come on. But you're right. If somebody covered this song from that era, I think it'd be great. Yeah. Now to me again, the '70s is the most creative era 
and you got to give it to the boomers okay they they really knocked it out of the park because yeah. you had you had songs like that you had the carpenters then you had fucking zeppelin then you had uh uh disco then you had the beatles were, were even i think 71 they, they started doing drugs out. yeah uh, I mean, you, you know, you had like 18 different rock bands. None of them sounded the fucking same. Mm -hmm. Every album, you could listen to a whole album and you're getting at least seven, eight great songs that yeah. became classics different. after another, after another, after another. It was, then you had like Glenn Campbell doing country music was... was Ryan Stone Cowboy. But you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it was, and then look at the TV shows and you can argue the best movie from every genre is from the 70s. From The Godfather to Rocky to The Exorcist to E.T. to Star Wars... I mean, it just so much creativity came out of that. And um, they, they all meant something. Like, they, they actually had to play instruments. This is the other thing people don't realize. They played in the fucking studio, mm -hmm. right? They recorded the tracks in the studio separately so they could mix them. Real to real, really, yeah. It, you, you couldn't fucking fake it. If you fucked up, you had to start all over. There's and no the, digital yeah. replay. And then you talk about Elton John and, uh, I mean, David Bowie. Uh, you could just go on and on. Not even counting the fucking Temptations, Stylistics. Right. It was just the whole yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. The TV shows from Sanford and Son to Good Times to All in the Family Barney to Happy Miller. Days to Barney yeah. Miller. I mean, it just was yeah. such a great era. And this yeah. song to me is part of that genre that I love to listen to, that yacht rock genre. But yeah. the thing I realized with those songs, too, is like when you listen to it as a kid, you, you, you realize, like you said, it's about something. I knew something was going on in it. Yeah. Until you go through a divorce or you go through. I'm a telling you, man. This song, there'd be like a divorced dad in, in the 70s driving around here and this song on the on the highway and he's probably just tear down his eyes thinking about his family. Dude, um, um, I mean, this song hit me after my first breakup with my girl. I was with her for eight years. How old are you when this song, when this song hit you? Well, when I, when I really felt, no, yeah. 30s. Oh, okay. It was early 30s. And then when I just got a divorce, I was with her almost 10 years. You know, but the first one really was more impactful to me like because i went through it with the first one after the second one i'm like all right i've been here before yeah i know after a few <laughs> about a couple months so it'll go away did you send her this mick this song on a tape You're no, like, <laughs> no. but you know driving around listen to that it's it, it sums up a toxic relationship you know it's yeah. just nobody did anything wrong we just yeah. don't see eye to eye and you know we you just, don't feel about me the same way anymore we're just disagreeing all the fucking time so you know yeah just go our separate ways like there's, there's no, no reason to be together we should just leave each other alone like i like a good i mean a song like that like i just it, it's just like so perfect because it isn't it's like an anti-love song kind of and it just being like hey this one's on us like fuck it let's just i'm gonna go this way you go that way we won't ever bother each other again and everybody will be better off for it everybody's been i talk about this in my new special which hasn't come out yet because we haven't found a distributor but uh, at the very end, I, I say, you know, when we talk about, because it's all about relationships and, and being married and getting divorced and whatever the fuck it may be. But whenever you hear a love song or a movie, it, it, love, it's always about when we first meet or when we break up. This is what mm -hmm. I love about comedy. Comedy is all the in-between shit that, le that leads to the, yeah. <laughs> the fucking breakup. Right. You know? But a, a, as a guy that writes material and jokes and anybody, any comic, you know, I'm, I'm very big on lyrics and, and words. And, and right. I think this song just really sums it up when, when you, you know, nobody cheated. There was nobody doing anything. We just, we just, we just disagree. We got to go. Or two comedians on a show talking about music we disagree on. Marty, Big Cow, 
fan of country music, and I'm just like, you know, Marnie, we Marnie. just don't disagree. We just disagree. Do you not like not country? Well, no, he's gotten me into country. He hates the police, which I say is the greatest band of all time. Yeah. They just say they're highly overrated. Paul thinks they're the greatest band of all time, which I disagree with. I think they're an amazing band. I don't think they're the Thank greatest you. band of all time, but okay. I definitely, I think they're underrated. No, I, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> I, let's just leave it low. Hey, we can't see eye to eye. We can't start this right now. We can't start this right now. All right. Wait, I'm going to play a song to leave. No, wait, really quick, man. I, 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 could, I worked at a redneck bar in North Carolina as, as, a, as a bouncer, right? It's my first year. It was in Hickory, North yeah. Carolina. It was called Cadillacs. Chris Brooks old job, yeah. And they played like rock, and then they played like country, and then, but more rock, a little bit of country, and I was like, uh. Then when I was in Tallahassee, I bounced at this club called The Moon, and every Wednesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, it was Friday night with Stetson, and it was Stetson's, and it was all country music. When I tell you, mm -hmm. dude, I would get <laughs> nauseous. I'd, I'd have to walk outside. After about seven months, I started buying the tapes. I started, it just grew on me, man. Yeah. Cause you know, you, you don't, you got it wears it, on you. It wears, and then you listen to the words and then you're like, like I, when I was driving from, from Miami to Vegas, um, I, I listened to a, a whole country, yeah. country section. No, and I, and I hated country growing up, but Marty's gotten me into some good country. Good and good country. Getting him into good country. Yeah. And then I did during the COVID times, I had to do shows in the only places that you could do shows, which were like in Oklahoma and Arkansas. And then all yeah. I was listening to was country. I was like, this song's not bad. Marty, do you like new country or you like the old stuff, right? Uh, no, there's actually really good new country now, but I love the old stuff, but there's good new stuff too. He's got, there's some you good. Gotta, yeah. I, it's like, I would, I would call it like alternative country, alt country. where it's like the, off the beaten path. There needs to be, there needs to be a country band that covers the police and then we'll call it, we'll, we'll finalize this disagreement as dave mason would say <laughs> so you want to end it i'm gonna end it with the song right here brett thank you so much our second mtv guest yeah right of our, of our more about you and your new oh, special comes out. Uh, just go to brett with one t comedy.com brett with one t comedy.com and if you got a message us paul marty mix at gmail.com correct anything we said wrong marty what are you playing us out to uh, this is Pump Up the Volume by Mars. We can't hear it, Marty. Uh, I don't understand this, man. <laughs> oh, well. It's too loud because it, it'll mute itself. It's too loud. You got to go low. You got low. All right. Well, we did it. Oh, well. We did it. We did it. For the most part. Thank you all for sitting or watching. Uh, make us a mixtape. I'm Paul Farvar. Marty DeRosa. Brett, Brett Favre over here. Brett Ernst. Thank you guys so much for listening.